Welcome to 52 Weeks of Hustle. I'm Travis Apple, the host of this podcast. And after spending my entire career in the sports sales industry, I wanted to continue to find ways to give back to individuals that want to get into this business or individuals that are currently in this business that want to continue to excel at an elite level. For those of you who know me, hustle has always been important, hence the name. Each week, I'll have the privilege to sit down with top-ranking professionals in our industry. You'll hear their career path, what they look for in successful people, and ultimately a few key takeaways for you to apply to your everyday. Time certainly flies. It is crazy to think it's season four of 52 Weeks of Hustle already. With season four, I'm going to have the privilege of sitting down with industry experts to discuss their career path. We're going to discuss three key topics that are current in the industry and three hustle hot seat questions. And... Three pieces of advice, all under 24 minutes. Now on to our guests this week. Working in sports is certainly an exciting career path, but in order to work the long hours and days, you must have a passion for it. If your passion can align with your career, it can be a great journey. I'm excited to have Andrew Bragman, Vice President of Ticket Operations at SoFi Stadium in Hollywood Park. Andrew, welcome to the show. Great to be with you, Travis. Andrew, very excited to talk about your career path. And, you know, starting back from the beginning, you grew up in Northern California, always around sports. You then go on to attend Emory University in Atlanta, Georgia, receive a degree in political science. What did you think you wanted to do career-wise? So I thought I was going to be a lawyer. Um, I'm not sure why I thought I was going to be a lawyer, but for some reason that was in my head as the right thing to do. Um, was going down that path and um, fortunately had known Russ Danley, former guest on your show, Yep. Um, for a long time since he had been a uh, uh, early in his career with the Giants. Talked to him and he helped me get my first internship with the Giants right as uh, um, AT&T Park, SBC Park, whatever it was called at that point in time was opening up. Uh, interned there for a couple of years while I was in college and it was really eye-opening to me just that there was a career in sports. Clearly I was not going to be playing second base for the Giants, um, but it was a great way to be able to stay involved and it really kind of changed my perspective about where I wanted to go with things moving forward. You know, and, and to your point of maybe it wasn't second base for the Giants, but you ultimately got your first launch in baseball and minor league baseball with the Fresno Grizzlies. And looking back to your time back then, what is something you know now you wish you would have known back then? Um, how to sell. I mean, that was one of the uh, minor league baseball. I think you've had other folks on the show who've been on, yep. in, on that career route. Um, everybody does everything. And one of the things for me was getting in there. And I think my title was group sales manager, um, which was um, – selling some group tickets, doing some ticket operation stuff, but really getting thrown to the wolves on pick up the phone and, and make some calls. And yep, this was back in the day when we had, we had lead cards. We didn't have a CRM system. Um, so jumping in and doing that, and I think having that background would have been huge for me at the beginning. Um, I kind of had a sense of how to do the rest of my job, but I had never sold a thing before. Um, so it was a really great experience. It's still something that I can rely on back to this day is when I'm working with people like you, people that were in the sales side of things, at least having some perspective about what that is like for the person who's on that phone call, making that, that attempt to sell and fill up the seats for us. Yeah. And become well-rounded and, you know, Andrew, for your end, you, you quickly rise the ranks with the Grizzlies. You held three different roles in your four years there. And what's your advice to listeners on being able to really dominate the job at hand, which will ultimately help grow your career? Yeah. I think at that point in the career is do everything you can. Um, it was one of the best parts about minor league baseball for me was, well, I said I was technically the group sales manager and then I did special events. Um, there were times where you're serving hot dogs or you're dragging the infield. And I was the mascot a few times. Yeah. And pulling tarp. Um, and yeah, you do. Well, thankfully, I was in California, so we only had to pull the tarp like once a year. Um, I didn't have the East Coast job. Tarp. But um, really having an understanding of what everybody in the building is doing was great because you have a, a sense of what what the concessions people are doing. What are the field guys doing? What are the operations guys doing? 
Um, when they asked me to jump over and start doing special events, I had really no no solid career knowledge of that, but I had worked with those folks enough that I was able to jump in. And I think 10 days after I took the job, I was helping run a Def Leppard concert and awake for 38 hours, which uh, was an experience. But uh, if I hadn't been willing to try the different things that we had along the way, I would I would have been lost. So um, that's always something I encourage. And I love when I see somebody's resume and see they worked in minor league baseball for more than six months because I know that they're committed to kind of doing whatever it takes to get the job done. You know, and you get the opportunity because because you did whatever it took to get the job done. You know, from there, as you continue to grow your career, you got the opportunity to go to the box office at Oracle Arena and Oakland Coliseum for a few years. And from there, then you really decide to get out of your comfort zone. You moved across the country to work with the Pittsburgh Pirates, where obviously we connected. And what's your advice to listeners on being willing to take that risk? Yeah, it's the last time you interviewed me, I think, is uh, <laughs> when I was in Pittsburgh trying to get a job. So uh, was I, I was probably a pretty easy interviewer, right? It was supposed to be my break. It was lunchtime and it was you, uh, Chris Zaber and Justin Gurney. And I was like, oh, I'm gonna have a nice, easy lunch. And then uh, I think I, I got thrown to the wolves there. Started but, grilling uh, you. That sounds about right. But no, it was uh, it worked out. So no, I think uh, you have to be committed to making that kind of a move. Um, for me, it was looking at the career path and feeling like I was ready to make that next step in my career. I had a great boss in Oakland, but he wasn't leaving the area. Um, when the opportunity came up for me, it was kind of, do I want to stay with what I'm doing and kind of in the comfort zone or do I want to, to branch out and try something different? Um, could not be more happy that I, I jumped on that plane and, and moved to Pittsburgh um, other than the you know, snow and the weather. I had to get used to being a California guy, but Become a um, I, I still I still don't go that far, but I, I'll have an Iron City every once in a while if I can track it down. There you go. Andrew, you know, you end up spending five and a half years with the Pirates and, and we had a, a lot of fun together and certainly a lot of success. And during our time there, we didn't have the best of teams, you know, on the field, um, but still we're setting attendance records. And a lot of times within an organization, there's a lot of moving pieces and, and, you know, from the ticketing world, a lot of different departments working together. What do you feel like the organization did as a whole to really have success? I think we had great leadership to start with, you know, with, with Lou DePauli at the top and Chris Daver, who I mentioned, um, kind of setting the tone for us, having that leadership and then bringing in a team uh, yourself, Justin, um, Raven, Jemison, Jim Popovich, Terry Smith were already there, but we had a great leadership team kind of overseeing that side of the department. And then there was a real strategy we put in place. I think um, taking a look at what the what had been done in the past, where we could ha- find the easy victories up front just by doing things the right way. Um, so having that strategy, planning out what it was going to be, I think one of the first things I remember Chris telling me when I got there was that it was really hard to believe in 2010 when I think we were in year 18 of our losing streak was one day we're going to be good and we need to be ready to take advantage of it. And I think that was kind of the mindset that we all had was that we're going to get the, get the victories by doing things the right way. And then finally the team at some point is going to get good and that's, what's going to put us over the top. But if we weren't prepared for when that happened, um, we would not have been able to take advantage of 2013 when the team finally did break through. You know, you end up staying in baseball and, and after five and a half years of the Pirates, go to work for the Nationals and where you worked your way up to being the vice president of ticket operations and sales optimization. And the team performance was a little bit different there as the team won a few NL East titles, even a World Series shortly after you left. And you're a big part of being able to really maximize revenue during that time. What's one key in ensuring you can do that and really maximize revenue and, and increase attendance on a consistent basis? I think it's, you know, part of it is what I talked about with the Pirates is having that strategy, that plan that you're you're implementing based on what your conditions are. You know, what we had to do in Pittsburgh was very different than going into D.C. with a team that had been in the playoffs 
pretty frequently having an all-star game already on the books. Um, that gave us a roadmap of, okay, here's the milestones we're going to be able to hit. And you mentioned the world series, like that's great, but you never can plan for that. You know, you're going to be competitive, but we missed the playoffs a couple of times, even in that mix of those years. Um, I think it's really looking at the opportunities that are out there and working across the different departments that, um, you know, I was in ticket operations, but I worked hand in hand every single day with our analytics team, with our marketing team, um, with our broadcasting team, figuring out ways that we could, you know, spread the message that we were trying to get across and and developing the right products too for that marketplace. DC is a really unique marketplace. When I was there, I got there in 2015. Um, obviously, I had an election in 2016, and in 2017, one of the things I didn't recognize is that how many people turn over when there's a change in the administration. So your renewal numbers are a lot harder when uh, all the Democrats leave town and all the Republicans come in and probably the same way happened in 2021 when it went the other way that how do we make up for that and how do we keep it encouraging? The other big thing with being in DC was how do you take advantage of the market of people who are there for everything else that people come to DC for? A lot of Um, tourists. Building out a tourism program. How do we take advantage of the folks that are coming in um, for a school group or for a, a business meeting and getting them down to the ballpark and, Finding ways we can reach those markets, I think, was was a huge impact for us. You know, and Andrew, on your end, is is we kind of talked about taking the risks, first moving to Pittsburgh and then all the way to D.C. And then you know, about four and a half years ago, you get the opportunity to get back to California, not albeit not where you grew up, but back to California to become the VP of ticket operations at SoFi Stadium in Hollywood Park, where you're at now. And why was that the right move for you? A couple different reasons. Uh, one was family. Um, my, my brother and his family live in Orange County, so about half an hour from where I am now, which is great. Um, well, depending, so right? Which, oh yeah, it's going to take me an hour and a half to get there for dinner with my parents tonight. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. um, but getting to see my niece who's 10 years old, yep. you know, more than once every six months was awesome. See my brother being able to jump down there and see his family. My parents are still up in the Bay Area. So that was a huge piece of it. Um, the other big thing was, you know, one of those dreams I had had was to open a stadium, open a venue and had never had that opportunity before. Um, getting to come in and the, the first day when I walked in on, it was July 1st, 2019. It's an easy date to remember. Um, and somebody handed me blueprints and, um, you know, here's, here's the CAD drawings for the stadium and figure it out. And, you know, we were supposed to open in July of 2020, obviously circumstances changed on that. And we pushed back into 2021 for public events, but that, that journey. And, and that was what I was looking for was that opportunity to come in and say, let's start with nothing. And how do we build this out and put the right, you know, the right system in place, the right people in place. Um, but for me, the challenge of doing it and and getting to see what it's turned into has been amazing. You know, and, and along those lines, right, during your time, you know, you've helped not only open the buildings you just talked about, you've worked some amazing events, whether it be concerts or performing arts, music, other sports, and then two NFL teams. How's the overall experience been for you? It's awesome. It's, uh, I can't think of, anything um that would have been more you know professionally fulfilling um and personally i love it you know i'm I'm, you know me well enough i'm i'm pretty driven on this thing these things and i i love seeing the execution of these events um you know we've been through opening the stadium post covid um the super bowl which the rams won and i got a ring up there that (laughs) get to show off for that one which is pretty awesome um the fact that i have a super bowl ring um Taylor Swift, Beyonce, like we're getting the biggest events in the world. And looking back, like I said, to, to walking in there when it was dirt and concrete the first day to, to where we're at now. Uh, we also have YouTube theater, which is right next to the stadium. Yep. Um, they just finished, I think it was 41 events in 80 days, which is, I told them, I felt like they, they were running my old baseball schedule. I was at say, that that's point. back to baseball days. Yeah. It's a, it's a grind and it's a, every, every event on there is unique, but 
getting to see those things come off. We had, we just had the uh, 50th anniversary of hip hop uh, special that was on TV that they filmed there, which was one of the cooler events I've gotten to see in either of the venues. Yep. Um, just, you know, I felt like I was back in high school, listening to the stuff I used to drive around in my car and on a Friday night. So it was good time. Awesome. Well, during your time there, you know, you went through a lot of different events, you know, from, from you and your team, you guys put in a lot of hours and a lot of effort. What are you most proud of, of, of you and your team accomplishing in your time there? I think just look, you know, looking at what we've accomplished in really three years of being open top to bottom, um, starting from nothing. Um, we just were awarded the number one stadium by uh, ticket sales and revenue in the world last year, which is mind blowing to me. Yeah, um, in the world, the, that was a, yeah, a huge... in the world, and the theater was number eight, I believe, in the world. So, the amount of people who are coming through our property, and really, it's it's really just the beginning for us at Hollywood Park. It's going to be a two hundred ninety eight acre mixed use development. The retail district is just starting to come online. Um, there's a movie theater that just got awarded the best new movie theater in America. Um, restaurants, bars, hotels, apartments. So, um, it's exciting to see what we've accomplished, and also see what the roadmap is that. By the time we get to the 2027 Super Bowl, which we just got awarded, um, by the time we get there, it's going to be a totally different campus than it was in 2022 for the first Super Bowl we hosted. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Again, we're here on 52 Weeks of Hustle. The guest today, Andrew Bragman, Vice President of Ticket Operations at SoFi Stadium in Hollywood Park. And Andrew, let's get into three hot topics. You know, first question one, we've talked a lot about your baseball experience, whether it be minors or professional. And, and many times we kind of briefly talked about it. You know, people get a little scared away from the amount of games. It's taking up their summer. It's taking up 13 weekends. How would you describe and your what would be your advice to listeners on being willing to to not only take that risk, but hey, maybe baseball isn't that bad? No, it's great. I mean, I, I the some of the, the best memories I will ever have in life were tied to working in Pittsburgh, working in DC, working in Fresno. Um, the friends you meet along the way, you spend so much time with the people you work with there that it really transcends the co-worker relationship. You really become, I mean, you and I still talk all the time, and I haven't worked with you in probably yep. close to 10 years now. Yep. But you build these relationships. Um, you have to love what you're doing too. I mean, ultimately with anything in this industry, whether it's baseball or another sport, um, you've really got to be enjoy being at the stadium. Um, but, you know, when you're in game 10 of an 11 game homestand and you're rolling out of bed and rolling into an eight 30 meeting because yep. the rest of the world doesn't shut down when you're in a homestand, you still have your regular job to do. Yep. Um, but you, once you accept that and you know it going into it, that's one of the things I always talked about is that, you know, nobody's coming in and being surprised that there's 81 baseball games in a summer. It's been that way for a long they time. They haven't changed. 
yeah, so you know that coming in, um, but really being committed to it, feeling like you enjoy it and, and, and finding that passion, whether it's something that, you know, mine was in ticketing, could be something totally different for somebody else, but you get to do it 81 times. And for me, the most fun part of the job is the event day. Yep. Um, you know, 81 games is great because that means I get to work 81 events during the year um, versus now I'm in football. We have 20 games with half of the two teams. Still great, but it's, you know, it's it's every Sunday as opposed to every night. And um, that's really the the highlight of the job is getting in to see the people in the, in the crowd, see people enjoying it and, and, and knowing you were a part of making that happen. Absolutely. And your question too is, as you mentioned many times in your role, the days are different, the evenings are different, the weekends are different, wearing a variety of hats, variety of different events. What's your advice on being able to be efficient and effective every single day? Something I had to learn along the way is relying on your team, relying on the people across the organization. Um, that when I got into the business originally, I was like, I can do this myself. I know better than everybody. I can, I can do, I, you know, I can run the ticket operations for the pirates. Um, very quickly, you learn that you need to rely on everybody else within the organization from an intern to the team president to, to do things the right way and having the trust in them to, to do what is the right thing to do at any given time. It's one of the things I used to talk about with our, our interns or when I used to talk to your inside sales classes back in Pittsburgh is yep. like, you can't be afraid to make a mistake. Don't make the same mistake over and over again, right? Do it, learn from it. Um, one of the best pieces of advice I ever got from Russ Stanley was the when we had the first, the wild card game in Pittsburgh. And I was pretty freaked out about, you know, we hadn't made the playoffs in 20 years and how is this going to go? And uh, I'll, I'll change the language a little bit, but it was basically along the lines of they never canceled the playoff game because the ticketing guy made a mistake. <laughs> it, it was like, okay, they're, they're, you know, let you breathe a little bit. Everyone's going to do what they need to do to make this happen. And at the end of the day, you know, it's going to be a successful event. And building on that, building on the team um, is is a huge piece of, I think, what makes everybody successful. Um, the efficiency part, you know, that's one of the things that we always preach is how do we find things? How do we find a better way to do things? So, you know, I don't know everything. Um, somebody's going to have a better idea to make something easier on everybody. Um, whether that's technology, whether that's just a different operational um, task that we're, or uh, track that we're taking and finding that and using it to make us the best that we can be. And finally, Andrew, question three, you know, you've now worked for several organizations and been around some great facilities. You know, one of the, I think arguably one of the nicest ballparks at, at PNC, um, you know, but also just in general working, working for Fresno, working for the, you know, in Oakland and now a brand new in the nationals and now brand new SoFi stadium. What's one thing that you believe every new or renovated facility should implement to really help fan experience? It's building the technology for the future. Uh you know, building for what's happening today is great because you can you can look at what we need to do right now. Uh, it's one of the things we were lucky with 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 SoFi is that the idea with building was we are going to host Super Bowls, Olympics, World Cups, you know, the, the biggest events in the world. So what do we need the tech stack to be built out to look at for five years from now? And even though I'm in ticketing, I, I feel like I work in technology and IT a lot of the time now because the way the industry has changed. And having the opportunity to, to, to come up with an idea or, or working with different vendors that we're looking to bring in down the road and knowing that that's not going to be an obstacle for us because it's changed so fast. I mean, when I look back at 20 years ago, 21 years ago, starting my, my first internship, barcodes on tickets were new. There was no resale. There was no transfer. Yep. Um, it's, you know, nobody could have foreseen that coming at that point 20 years ago. Um I couldn't tell you what it's going to look like in five years versus 20 years. We were lucky post-COVID. Our plan was always to come in as a mobile-only stadium. We knew that was going to be tough. Post-COVID, it got a lot easier. But we were lucky that we had 
the Wi-Fi infrastructure, the 5G infrastructure that actually let our fans do that, as opposed to having to say, okay, great, we're going to go all mobile, but we need to build 10 towers all over the site to actually facilitate it, right? Andrew, ton of great advice. Certainly fun to hear about your journey. To close it off, I like to put the guests on the hustle hot seats. You ready for this? I've been there before. I'm, I'm ready for it from you. Yeah, exactly. I had to change up the question since your your infamous lunch interview. If you had a boat, what would you name it? Uh, I think sold out. I mean, I figure if I if, if there's a day that I get to get to a boat, it means because we sold a lot of tickets. So um, sold out feels like it would be a fitting name for for that. What's a fashion trend that you'd love to see come back? So I think the one that I would have gone with was uh, was wearing sneakers to work. Um, that unfortunately has become very, very mainstream again now. Really? Uh, but I've got my. I've never I, done I, that. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not. I'm not rocking the suit and tie for you, but uh, although now it's like you can wear the suit with the sneakers. So it's, it's, yeah, we'll, exactly. We'll, we'll get you some Jordans to to step it up a little bit. Suits and tennies. If you could go to dinner with anyone, who would it be? So I think being like a diehard Bay Area sports fan growing up, uh, Joe Montana was was the pinnacle. Yep. Um, and one of the one of the athletes I've never met. So I'd say him and Willie Mays. You get the best giant, the best niner of all time. Um, those are guys that like made memories for me, made memories for my dad who grew up a Giants fan in New York. Um, so having the opportunity to sit down and just talk to those guys like about the sports stuff, but just in what general. was it like, you know, and and the journey of what was it like 50 years ago to what it's like today. Um, I would love to sit there and just pick their brains. And I, you know, I'd love to hear about the catch from, from both of them, you know, Willie Mays's catch and then Joe yeah. Montana throwing the ball to Dwight really? Clark. So, yeah. Be a fun, fun dinner to be at. Well, to close it out, Andrew, what are three key takeaways you'd give every listener to be in your shoes one day? Yeah, I think one of them I touched on before was find something you love to do. Um, and, you know, for me, it was ticket operations and, and doing the box office. For other people, that's sales. Other people, that's marketing. But you've really got to be passionate about what you're doing um, in, or, in or outside of sports, whatever you're doing. You've got to be happy with it. Um, I think building your network and not in the sense of, you know, it's great for the career building part. But I spend so much time every day talking to people at other stadiums, other venues all over the place and picking their brain about how are you doing things and why are you doing it a certain way. And I think that's a, lot, a big part of what makes us all better at our jobs. And the last thing I would say is I think don't, you know, especially early in your career, don't say no. Take the opportunity to do things that are outside your comfort zone, are going to challenge you. That's really what's going to build the, the career path. And there's things you're going to touch on 10 years later that you're like, I did that in my first job and I understand how that works and why it works that way. Um, so really getting that, that broad set of experiences that you're going to rely on for the rest of your career. Andrew, thank you so much. What a great career. Certainly always a pleasure talking to you. I certainly appreciate your time and expertise. No, thanks for having me, Travis. Again, this is Travis Apple. Thank you for listening to 52 Weeks of Hustle. Please be sure to follow the podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. We'll be back next week with another industry leader. Have a great week. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.